strong more than say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. We're going to go straight into the Word of God today, but has been prepared for us and we're going to do a continuation of what we had started last week. Last week we started talking about a very important subject that is how to overcome temptation and sin. And one of the reasons we had to describe why we need to overcome temptation and sin is because we came to a realization that there is a core that God has called us to walk in all right there's a call to follow his example and his precepts the bible also gets to show us that there are promises that are dispatched to those that live life a certain way the bible says they that practice godliness experience a fullness of all things in short godliness profits all things possessing a promise now and a promise in the life to come And apart from that, there is a crown of honor that is given to those that endure temptation. So from that place, um, it is where now we began to teach on, obviously, uh, the deceit of temptation, its dangers, and what it could land you into. The Bible actually tells us from the book of James that... Uh, when temptation or rather a thought has been conceived is going to give birth to sin and when sin has fully run its course it's going to proceed to death so uh, when the bible says the wages of sin is death it's not talking about a past tense it's still telling you that uh, sin and temptation still land you in the same place which is death and death simply means to be cut off or to be disadvantaged in various arenas in galatians chapter number six and verse eight i'm not sure if you have the nlt translation today i'm very i I love the nlt translation but if you have it praise be to god but in galatians chapter number six verse eight the bible actually tells us that those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit somebody said there is a harvest yes so paul is writing to the church at galatia and he's telling people that um there are consequences to our actions that we actually get to make and we have to be deliberate to decide what we want to harvest from now before we actually see him say those who saw uh, in the sinful nature we actually first see him warn the people that do not be deceived 
whatever you sow, you shall reap. Somebody thought maybe it's just farming, that if I'm going to plant maize, I'm going to reap, you know. Then he goes on to show you that sowing is more than just planting a seed in the ground. It is really through your actions. That's why he says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. And those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. So at the end of the day, the harvest you are enjoying are as a result of the fruit, or rather the seed, or the, the, the seeds and also the place that you are actually sowing in. Praise be to God. Now, today we said we're going to look at the subject of overcoming temptation and sin. A practical way, in a practical way, we saw how uh, the adverse effects of temptation can really land us into serious problems. Perhaps if you didn't listen to it, you can just uh, uh, look it up at one of our podcast channels uh, uh, via Google, Apple Podcasts, or whatsoever. But going on, we are looking at how we can practically overcome temptation and sin. And I'm going to show you a very simple formula and I'm going to build it from that place. And obviously, even though I'm going to show you this practical way, this list is not the the entire list of what you should do, but something that should at least help you to run with. And then in your walk with God, in your understanding of the scriptures, you'll be able to say, oh, okay, I've learned something new. This is what's going to help me. But obviously, I'm going to set a foundation to help you uh, handle this. Now, how do we deal with this? Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 16, you can get back to the NKJV translation, shows us how easily we can do this. And the Bible says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh now the reason why we are walking in the spirit is not so that we fulfill the lust of the flesh that's not the reason we walk in the spirit but the bible shows us an advantage of walking in the spirit is so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh The reason why we walk in the Spirit, perhaps if you want to understand what walking in the Spirit is, you may want to look it up in the Amplified Translation because it shows us how walking in the Spirit really, what it's all about. Okay, give us in the Amplified. It it, it gives us a broader picture, a clearer picture. Now the Bible says, I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh, the human nature without God. So walking in the Spirit is simply responding to the impulses 
of God's spirit. It's simply being controlled. It simply means being guided. It simply means being managed by the Holy Spirit. So why do we walk in the spirit? The reason why we walk in the spirit is so that we can walk in the will of God. So ideally walking in the spirit is walking in the will of God. Why should we walk in the will of God? It's perfect. Why should we walk in the will of God? It's flawless. Why should we walk in the will of God? It's prospering. And it is in the will of God where we are preserved, empowered to fight against temptation and sin. Amen and amen. So the Holy Spirit causes us to walk His ways so that we actually are in sync with the will of God. Somebody wants, obviously, the will of God to prevail over their life. And if you want the will of God to prevail over your life, you need to walk in the Spirit. Because by walking in the Spirit, you are led, you are guided, you are comforted, you are directed, you are responsive to the Holy Ghost. Whom is sent to reveal the will of God over your life? Ah, so your first step in saying how do I overcome temptation and sin you have to say I have to walk in the spirit when you say I have to walk in the spirit you are now saying I have to walk in the will of God now how can we now practically do it how can we practically do it first of all you have to understand what is the will of God before we, we start going to practicals what is the will of God? In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, it tells us that the will of God for our lives is sanctification. It says this is the will of God. Your sanctification. In verse 7, it then goes to tell us that we are called to holiness. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, look at that. It says, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. So from there you begin to understand the will of God. Okay, alright, alright. So, my first response to practically walking in the will of God or walking in the Spirit is to understand His will. I need to understand. I need to understand it. But not only do I need to understand it, I need to know it. How do I know it? I must open it. Open the scriptures. Have you observed what Jesus told the people in Matthew chapter number 22 and verse 29? He told them that you error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. He says you are mistaken. You don't know. He actually traced people's problems to ignorance. Says you don't know, you are mistaken, you error, for you not know, knowing not the scriptures or the power of God. So here is somebody who will then pursue and know the scriptures, understand them, but after you get to know and understand the scriptures, remember the Bible says, The truth shall do what shall set you free other versions say the truth shall make you free 
It simply means that if something makes you free, there is empowerment in that. It means there is power in it. So the truth, encountering the truth will empower you to deal with sin and temptation. So after you understand and know the scriptures, now there are many people who know the scriptures. There are many people who understand the scriptures. They know this, this is wrong. But after you get to a place where you know and understand, the next thing you need to do is value the scriptures. When I say valuing, you need to place the scriptures with utmost importance. The Bible says he, he, he placed his word above his name. So there's a certain place where the word of God was positioned. What place does the word of God take in your life? Is it after your opinion? So if the word of God is, is, comes after your opinion, then that which you know and understand will not work for you. So until the word of God takes first place and every other thought is displaced, then we know you're going to overcome sin and temptation. That's why I tell people, it's not enough to come and tell you, okay, if you're dealing with sin and temptation, what did Jesus do? Remember the Bible says, Jesus was tempted and as he was tempted to turn stone into bread and every other kind of temptation, he responded. And what did he respond saying? It is written. So, sometimes we're going to tell you, if you want to deal with temptation, say it is written. No, you don't have to say it is written. You, ju- you have to, Jesus said it because he knows it, but not just knows it, he values it. How do we know he values it? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what did he choose? The word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he valued the words from the Lord. Amen and amen. Yes. So you have to value, place the word of God as the as something that is valuable in your life, but not something that is just valuable in your life, but as the final authority. So if the word of God says no, you say, yes, sir, I hear you. Then that's how you, that's how you begin to handle sin and temptation. But if you begin, you know, it's easy to, 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 to argue with scripture and argue with the word of God. If it's very easy. Someone can say, ah, but, you know, it's not, it's not fair. Yet not valuing. So when you get to value and say whatever God says is true, is right, is correct, that's what I'm going to lean towards. Any moment that you are faced with sin and temptation that comes knocking at the door of your life, you will say no. Because you value what the word of God says. Somebody tell your neighbor value. So, knowing the word of God, understanding the word of God, valuing the word of God is one of the ways to walk in the spirit, to walk in God's will. 
Guess what? There are other practical ways that you can walk in the will of God. Number two is prayer. Prayer. I find it very interesting. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 41 and 42, Jesus was telling his disciples, pray that you may not fall into temptation. How is he saying pray that I may not fall into temptation? In short, he was trying to say people have time to get tempted because they've got no time to pray. Now, what does prayer do? Let me show you. In Romans chapter number 8, alright, and verse 26 to 27, Paul shows us how the workings of prayer help us because it's a platform. Prayer is a platform where we speak to God, God speaks to us, but it's also a nice platform that allows God to intervene, where he can also pray for us, but also pray through us. Let me show you. The Bible says, likewise, the Spirit, remember the one who you're supposed to walk in, also helps in our weaknesses. You know why people have fallen? It's because they don't get help. He says, he also helps in our weaknesses. He says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, the Holy Ghost himself, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Sometimes you are in that moment and you are on that prayer platform. And then suddenly you've prayed everything and you may not know what to pray next. Then suddenly you find yourself, (coughs) you begin to groan. In that moment, the Holy Ghost is now praying for you. Why is he praying for you? When the Holy Ghost is praying, that's what we call target praying, on point praying. Next verse, see how the Holy Ghost is praying for you, what he's doing. Verse 27. Now he searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So sometimes you can pray, not according to God's will. So he will help you because that's a weakness when you pray outside God's will. But at least if you started praying, it's okay. Continue praying because that same platform, he will step in and say, Ah, you are praying for the wrong thing. You, before you pray for breakthrough to the nations, we need to pray for holiness in your life. Because that breakthrough will break your head. Yes. So after you say in Jesus' name, we'll pray, Amen. You just, he will just <laughs> intercede. That no, 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 no. We are not yet done. Uh, we are not yet done. We need to pray for your character. We need to pray for this. That's why I have those moments. Uh, sometimes be still in the presence of God. Wait, is is there anything, Holy Ghost, that you want to do? Don't make prayer a monologue. One way, church. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Imagine you're on a phone call with somebody very important. <laughs> no, think about it. Okay, I want you to think about it this way. Imagine you're in a phone call with someone and you call Jeremiah. Hi, Jeremiah. I just want to thank you for who you are. You are so great. You are loving. You are kind. Ah, Jeremiah, you are good. Jeremiah, ah, you, 
imo ya hot sha bye and it ends with bye jema nangaine i have nothing to say that's why, that's you making prayer monologue Amen and amen. There are times I've had moments where I'm praying and I'm so overwhelmed and the Holy Spirit says, "Shh. Let me minister to you." Because fellowship is sharing together. You minister to God and he also ministers to you. Do you know why Jesus managed 40 days? It's because the Bible says angels came and ministered to him. It's that it's twofold. He's ministering to God, God is ministering to him. So you you want to minister first to God, you cut everything. You cut the supply of the spirit and you want to minister to your belly. And you break with heaven shame and you die and you wonder how. It's because you're failing to receive ministry. Hallelujah. Number 3. We're practicing the will of God to overcome temptation and sin. You have to learn to understand the actions that God has provided in the scriptures for you to do the will of God. This is with regards to temptation and sin. Number 3, learn to run. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 verse 22. I've come to observe something about the New Testament when it's telling you about run. It doesn't say run. Because run is not enough. He says free. Do you know what free means? If you've left your shoe, well, <laughs> that's free. What David, what Joseph did was not to run. What Joseph did is that he he fled. He may have left a shoe. That's why they found proof for him. <laughs> Or something. That's what fleeing. Fleeing running for you to run you have to be on your marks. You have to set then you go. When you flee hey <laughs> sometimes it even sometimes it actually shows us how enemies also flee it says they will come in that's Deuteronomy 28 they will come in one direction and flee in seven directions that's free amen and amen the bible says this flee also youthful lusts flee Fleeing and chilling are two different words. Flee. Youthful lusts. Run. The Bible, there are certain places, understand the counsel of the scriptures. There are certain places the Bible will not tell you to fight. It will tell you to run. Because in your running, that's victory not weakness so the bible says flee youthful lusts so you have to be able to run <laughs> my goodness my goodness my goodness now listen give it to me in the nlt the nlt is the best uh, the best in this scripture i love it i love it because it gives a clearer picture listen it says run from anything it it didn't first say the last it says that stimulates it starts from the stimulants listen 
It's not that people found themselves into fornication. They started talking about it first. Those stimulants. Text, uh, text. Send me a picture. <laughs> Stimulant. These are stimulations. Even certain words. Hmm? I'm calling someone my hamburger. How is somebody a hamburger? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't fight. Run from the stimulants. Flee from anything that stimulates. If a tick or stimulates, run. Yes, Mr. Shea said it. Run. Alright? I'll not talk much about, about fleeing because <laughs> I have a few other points. The next thing it says is instead pursue righteousness live righteous living faithfulness love and peace so it's telling you to run from but not only is it telling you to run from it's now telling you to run to listen when we told you when we gave you the revelation of joseph fleeing we are just telling you he ran but it's not enough for you to run. If you just run, sin will catch up with you. You have to run somewhere. Run from lust. Then run to. It says, pursue righteous living. Run to holiness. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Pursue, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Alright? That simply means, that's my next point, manage your passions. Manage them. Passions, passion can be directed. It can be directed. Someone just says, no, follow your passions. No. (laughs) You condition your passions. Not to follow them. It's not that when you were born in your mother's womb, you loved being an accountant. No. You said Nifunonkala accountant. You conditioned your passion. Some of you, after you were accountants, in grade 12, you changed. I want to be a civil engineer. You didn't even know what a civil engineer is. You directed passion there. Who is on the accountancy? So? <laughs> yeah. I want to be a son of journalists. Eh! So manage your passions. It simply means you can reset yourself and say, Dear Lord, help me love what you love and hate what you hate. Yes, when you're in the world, your passion was a default setting. Chalo, you loved Chalo. Chalo, Chalo, Chalo. chalo. You loved it. You have to manage it. Listen, if you loved clubbing in the world, when you become born again, change your passions. Like, when you're managing, you need to know there should be replacements sometimes. If you are dancing in the club, there should be another place you should be dancing. It's African praise. <laughs> but this time, you've changed your passion. Amen and amen. So manage your passions. That's why it says pursue. Number three, manage your exposure. Your exposure... That's not number three. Whatever. I'm not sure what number it is. But manage your exposure. Your exposure 
is your environment and your company. The Bible says we are not of the world, but it tells us we are in the world. So you have to be able to manage your company and exposure. The Bible says bad company corrupts what? But do you know, before it told you that, it said do not be deceived. I want you to study every point of scripture that starts with do not be deceived and think about it clearly. Why? <laughs> because In short, the Bible is trying to show us that yes, it's possible for someone to convince themselves no problem, me I can go to the nightclub, they'll be drinking, me I'll take Fanta, it's okay. You are deceiving yourself. <laughs> and the problem is in not in how you can only restrict but what if then what what will you do huh? no there was, there was a person I saw that was uh, at one of the schools I went to preach at uh, the people didn't want to come for for a like like scripture union so they went uh, others were drinking then this other person got tangy that you know that tangy drink and they put for her nankan a spirit to jirijit in her tangi. And she drank fast, fast. And she stood at Then she cried. Her chest, I don't know what happened. You know <laughs> what happened? It's like they had put for her yeah. I said, You see, you can't manage to sustain holiness in a bad environment. You need to that's what the Bible says, come out from among them and be separated. Manage. You know, you can you can, there are sometimes yes, you can be present and I know sometimes we are present in certain environments but it's, it seems like it's difficult in the bus. You can zone out from certain music which is in the bus. Learn the power of headsets. I mean, it used to help me even at my workplace. Have you? Everyone is discussing. Have you seen the latest video? I said, what video? Hey, a choker video. Everyone. And then they come to my desk. Learn to walk out and go to the toilet. I'm telling you. Huh? Otherwise, if you look, you think again. You'll be like, eh, okay. Huh? You join the crew. Amen and amen. Yes. Manage your exposure. Manage your environment. Hmm? That's why when you're telling us to manage your environment, give me NLT. There's the last part of, any, of, of, of this scripture. It says, after it tells you to run from, run to, then it says, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Enjoy godly friendships. Enjoy godly friendships. My Christian brothers are boring. <laughs> they just say, thy, 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 thy. Ah, <laughs> you want us to say what? We are full of the word. <laughs> if you are, if you are, if you are tired of our KJV, tell us to switch to NLT. We will tell you. 
If you are tired of NLT, we have message. Huh? If you are tired of message, we have amplified. But enjoy it. Enjoy the companionship of those who call upon the Lord of Peace. No, he just... Uh, uh. Someone was... <laughs> someone was offended because they bought her a Bible. <laughs> My goodness. Baby, Bible! Bible! Ah! What's wrong with the Bible? <laughs> It is the living word. <laughs> maybe, maybe if they, if number one was Bible KJV, number two was Amplified, number three was NLT, that's where maybe you can complain. That's, mm, some gift. <laughs> Different translations. But don't be vexed if they buy you a Bible. Hmm? Yes. Huh? It's not like when you buy them socks, they'll walk in the spirit. <laughs> And the man said, Woo! All right, let me end. <laughs> okay, next point. I'm ending. I'm concluding. Trust not the flesh. <laughs> Philippians chapter number 3, verse 3. <laughs> ah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Trust not the flesh. The Bible says, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. You see, even in worship, you desire, you, you need the Holy Spirit just for worship. And says, who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. That's a godly practice you must develop. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. You don't have to Tell everyone that I don't trust myself. But cinema's <laughs> trust you just because you just when you're about to they invite you, no, I'm inviting you for fellowship. Come to my house. We can just be the two of us, we share the scriptures. Don't say Ine trust <laughs> Just speak to yourself. Don't speak to the rock. Speak to yourself. Speak to yourself that, mm, brother, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. Mm? Now the, the problem is that we love to trust in the flesh and use scriptures to trust in our flesh. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous... Ra it, it was not for your flesh. Don't trust your flesh. You are human beings. Amen and amen. Yes. Don't trust yourself. No matter how anointed you are. I think the anointing resides in the spirit. Not in testosterone. Very accurate. Yeah. That's where it, that's where it resides. It doesn't. <laughs> yes, it doesn't reside. So don't trust yourself. Yeah, even you ladies, don't trust yourself. No, we're just praying. 
Why when you hold hands in prayer you are feeling butterflies? And you are thinking it's the anointing that is moving. Here I, I feel scared in my spirit. <laughs> it is noisy. <laughs> it's not a staring in the spirit. No, don't trust yourself. It will preserve you. It will preserve you a lot. Amen and amen. Apart from not trusting yourself, Romans 13 verse 14 says, don't give provision to the flesh. In short, don't give it an opportunity. So before we can say, no, don't trust yourself, there shouldn't even be an opportunity of having a cell meeting at your house, the two of you. Don't give it an opportunity. The Bible says, do not give Satan a foothold. Have you noticed it said a foothold? It didn't say do not give Satan your entire being. He only needs one part of you to get hold of everything of your life. Just a foot. Amen and amen. There's a reason he, the Bible says they put him far below your feet. Far below. The Bible says put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make sure in short, set boundaries. You have to be able to set boundaries. If you're going to say, I'm not going to meet someone at this time and this time, set it. Listen, if you don't have boundaries, it's a problem. Why? Because even heaven has boundaries. If heaven has... Listen, the Bible says, and Lucifer was cast out of heaven and found no place in heaven. Meaning, heaven is out of bounds for him. Heaven has got boundaries. If heaven has got boundaries, why should you, you not have boundaries? In how you talk, in how you relate, in how you do things. So make no provision on your phones. Make no provision on your laptops. Everything. Make no provision. Amen and amen. Block, the, block those accesses. It will help you. These are practical ways of overcoming sin and temptation. And my last point is train your spirit. Train your spirit. You can train your spirit in many ways. The Bible shows us, David says, I humbled my soul with prayer and fasting. You can train your spirit by certain activities. You can train your spirit with service. Do you know what? Sometimes service... (laughs) Imagine... Today you are told you are going to preach on Sunday. You will do consecration. <laughs> you will consecrate yourself. That's why Paul says, I buffet myself like a boxer so that I am not counted unworthy. I train myself like a boxer, beating myself. So train your spirit. Do something to my fasting. Huh? Train your spirit. Paul, Job said, I have trained my eyes that I may not behold a woman lustfully. Learn the bounce back anointing. Someone is walking, you're following, you bounce back and look somewhere else. Amen and amen. At the end of the day, you must understand that the Bible says we are tempted by our own desires and two enticements, which are traps. There are certain things which should not be traps for you. Let's rise to our feet.